Hi, everyone. This week is Banned Books Week. Allow me to share more information from the website of the American Library Association. Banned Books Week is an annual event celebrating the freedom to read. Typically held during the last week of September, it highlights the value of free and open access to information. Banned Books Week brings together the entire book community, librarians, booksellers, publishers, journalists, teachers, and readers of all types, in shared support of the freedom to speak and to express ideas, even those some consider unorthodox or unpopular. So Banned Books Week draws attention to the harms of censorship, which brings me to the First Amendment. As a writer and business professional, I have a range of thoughts about First Amendment rights. My goal at the end of this episode is to motivate you to research and educate yourself on current events and our history by sharing how I'm learning a bit more on these topics too. One of the most powerful weapons we have is an educated mind. Allow me to challenge you today here on the View 112 podcast. Welcome to the View 112 podcast. I'm Janita Morris. As an avid reader, writer, and businesswoman, I'm passionate about literacy and self-development. Here, I think out loud and share my perspective on life, balancing a career, and building a writing business. Let's get into it. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited that Banned Books Week is finally here. I've been mentioning it here and there on the podcast for a couple of months now. Um, When I first learned about banned or challenged books, I learned that also I've read a few. I'm going to share a couple of these titles. Tell me if they sound familiar. Where the Wild Things Are by Maurice Sendak. Uncle Tom's Cabin by Harriet Beecher Stowe. The Bluest Eye by Toni Morrison. Beloved by Toni Morrison. The Autobiography of Malcolm X by Malcolm X and Alex Haley. Their Eyes Were Watching God by Zora Neale Hurston. To Kill a Mockingbird by Harper Lee. The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn by Mark Twain. The Scarlet Letter by Nathaniel Hawthorne. Native Son by Richard Wright. An Invisible Man by Ralph Ellison. You may be wondering why books are banned or challenged in the first place. Well, books are challenged by people based on content like political viewpoints, sexually explicit material, LGBT content, dangerous authors, racial overtones, content mentioning excessive police force, gender roles, abortion, rape, or anything else that is considered to be, quote-unquote, scary to minors. I know the aforementioned books shaped me and many others during our formative years, and it's hard to imagine that kids do not have access to some of the great literary works of our time, or should I say what I consider some of the great literary works of our time. A new book was just released this year, The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas, and right now it's a New York Times bestseller. I think it's going to become a movie. This book is about a 16-year-old black girl named Star, who is the sole witness to her, to the murder of, or killing, I should say, of an unarmed black male friend being shot by police. The story sounds familiar, right? Well, I'm donating copies of The Hate You Give to RX Reading for Detroit. This nonprofit also helps you organize a book drive. And I've always wanted to sponsor a book drive. I wanted to do it for my birthday. I think I'm going to do it in celebration for my 40th birthday coming up in January. And I think I've landed on hosting a book drive with some of these banned classics that I've mentioned above. 
Currently, I'm researching organizations in Houston, Florida, and the Caribbean that will be in need of book donations during their rebuilding phase. I mentioned in the open that Banned Books Week draws attention to the harms of censorship. Every organization that I've researched that's affiliated with Banned Books Week has some sort of comment about First Amendment rights. Last week, I attended a work event that kicked off the Congressional Black Caucus Weekend here in D.C. at the Museum. The Museum, according to their website, promotes, explains, and defends free expression and the five freedoms of the First Amendment, religion, speech, press, assembly, and petition. The location of the museum here in D.C. is just steps away from the U.S. Capitol. On the front of the building is etched the words of the First Amendment as well. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peacefully to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. There in that building, the museum at the CBC event, I attended the DC premiere of the movie Marshall, set to come out next month in theaters. This movie was about a case tried by a young Thurgood Marshall when he was a lawyer for the NAACP. The movie, guys, was incredible. It was excellent. As I sat there, I couldn't help but get down on myself for not knowing more about Thurgood Marshall, the life he lived, or the cases he tried. A small part of the movie showed young Thurgood hanging out in Harlem with Langston Hughes and Zora Neale Hurston, all superstars I studied in college and have forgotten about. I know about their work, but I don't know the life they lived and not about the things they faced as young, thriving creatives. When they were my age, they fa- what did they face and how did they use their platforms, too, to cast down racial and social injustices? Thurgood Marshall traveled all over to uh, using the law to protect and defend people, innocent people, who had been wrongly accused. And after the movie, there was a panel with the actor, Chadwick Boseman, and Chadwick went to Howard University, as did Thurgood Marshall. Activist DeRay McKesson, who, it, who was a, I think came into the spotlight during the Black Lives Matter movement in Ferguson. He also hosts Pod Save the People, which is another podcast that I listen to, as well as a few others. And they discussed how skillfully Thurgood Marshall exercised his First Amendment rights and the press and used the press even when they hated what he was saying. They also talked about many of the cases that Marshall tried that are relevant still today. Senator Kamala Harris was there, and she gave remarks about the work of Thurgood Marshall and about the work that we all must continue to fight injustice. I left this event. Whew, I left this event with so many emotions. Uh, first, with a lot of pride that I work for a company that organizes such incredible experiences. I also left the event with a strong sense of responsibility to educate myself. I want to learn more about Thurgood Marshall and the work he did. I'm not a history buff, but I need to know more about these great people in history, their contribution, and how the things they did impact my civil liberties today. (laughs) Some of these people, these very people whose contribution is on the banned books list I mentioned earlier. As I sat in that room with other coworkers and business professionals, I wanted to learn more on how I can contribute in spreading the word and doing the right work. I want to stop simply listening to these conversations and really participate 
and then become a part of them. Finally, based on the panel discussion, I was thinking about how I'm going to use my own social media, the View 112 blog, this podcast, to do some of this work by exercising my First Amendment rights, if you will. So needless to say, I was pumped when I got out of this event. And then just two days later, our First Amendment rights, that's right, our First Amendment rights were challenged by the President of the United States when he attacked players who kneeled during the national anthem in protest for injustice plaguing people of color. Now, guys, I know what you're thinking. Um, My blog and my podcast are primarily about books and business, and I really, really do want to stick to these topics. I've been torn about this topic for a while. Um, I'm an avid reader, I'm a writer, and I'm a businesswoman. However, I'm also a Black American woman, and I feel like time and time again, the president's statements and actions directly attack my experience as an American, and I cannot allow that to happen. Allow me to be clear. I understand there are people who do not like the method in which the players of the NFL have chosen to protest racial and social injustice. I would also like to point out that this is still their First Amendment right, regardless of how we feel about it. And it angers me that the president can condone white supremacists violently protesting, remember, a person was killed, and call them good people and protect their First Amendment rights. But when black NFL players are peacefully protesting in a manner he doesn't agree with, he calls them SOBs and for them all to be fired. And that brings me to finally, as a business owner, I know the president doesn't want people telling him how to run his company when he wasn't president. He didn't like when people were telling him how to run his organization. So don't tell the NFL or ESPN, for that matter, how to run theirs. You cannot revoke the rights of a group of people to protest peacefully just because you don't like, one, how they're choosing to protest, or two, you don't like or you choose to be ignorant regarding the topic in which they are protesting. If we make the choice to support the removal of rights from one group of people, it jeopardizes all of us. And as I've said before, it may not be your group or your cause today, but it sets the precedent on how all of us could be treated. So I'm educating myself on the law now too. We cannot allow others to interpret the law on our behalf. We have to know our rights all of us. We have to know for ourselves, not from what we see on CNN, not from what we read on Facebook, which is sadly how many Americans are getting the bulk of their information these days without so much as a fact check. This brings me back to what always what this always is about for me. This is about reading and this is about our own development. I have spent several hours each day this week reading up, studying civics, learning more about our history and about people like Thurgood Marshall and Langston Hughes. Unfortunately, when it comes to certain things in this country, there is nothing new under the sun. We can learn from people who've come before us and we can use the power that we have afforded to us written in the law. I know I've felt and I've shared a lot at this point, and so there's just a few things I want you to know in summary. One, this is Banned Books Week, and I want you to be aware of what these banned books are, and uh, I want you guys to encourage me to start a book drive. I think I already want to do it, but I really need some support. Will you guys donate books if I give you information and start a book drive? Also, number two, this Monday, October 2nd, uh, is being is going to be recognized as Thurgood Marshall Day. October 2nd is the day that Thurgood Marshall was sworn into the Supreme Court. Three, 
keep reading. I'm going to keep reading and I'm going to encourage you to keep reading and do your own research. I'm going to share with you a few of the books. Some of them are classics on that book list just to remind me and then some new books that I've picked up recently. You know, I read for a variety of different reasons. In this case, some of the books that I'm rereading is just as a reminder of why some of these books, like I said, are classics. Sometimes I just read for experience. I want to learn about a different time or about a life that is not one that I'm familiar with. And then sometimes I do like to read for a sense of familiarity and longing and because I like a good story. And sometimes I read to bring awareness to myself to certain causes. And so I'm just going through some of these books. Um, The two classics that I have up first are, and these, oh my goodness, guys, looking at these on my bookshelf, they are so old. Pages are tattered. I've had these books for decades. Um, And the first one is The Bluest Eye by Toni Morrison. The second one is The Autobiography of Malcolm X. Um, The third book I want to share with you is The Souls of Black Folk by W.E.B. Du Bois. I, I, when I was in college, this was a required reading, I think for our humanities class, maybe. I was an English major in college, for those of you who don't know, and so, and I went to a historically black college, and so I did read a lot of African-American literature, and I've just simply, a lot of it, I know I read it, I had to write a paper about it, I didn't retain a lot of the information, and uh, this was one of those required readings. Speaking of required readings, I read a lot of Langston Hughes when I was in school. And a few weeks ago, I went, or maybe a month ago now, I went to the museum. And at the museum bookstore, I came across this book, The Selected Letters of Langston Hughes. And in that movie, Marshall, there was an interesting revelation. I did not know about Thurgood Marshall. Um, That was like really funny. But I picked up this book and after seeing that movie, I want to read more about Thurgood Marshall. I mean, I'm sorry, more about definitely Thurgood Marshall, but about Langston Hughes. Uh, Just going through this, I'm seeing uh, the table of contents and the way that these letters are organized. These are the themes. We have tomorrow, which is part one. Part two, let America be America again. Part three, I don't need freedom when I'm dead. Part four, the rumble of a dream deferred. Part five, I heard the horn of plenty blowing. So, uh, and Langston Hughes was very well traveled and very accomplished and um, was a superstar, like I said, in his day. So I'm really excited to hear more about or read more about that. The third book I'm going to share, I'm actually in the middle of this book, and the title of this book is called My Soul Looks Back by Jessica B. Harris, and it's her memoir. And Jessica B. Harris was a part of the what she refers to as the Black Intelligenista of uh, the Harlem Renaissance, and, or I'm sorry, of Harlem back in the 70s, not the Harlem Renaissance. But she uh, was really uh, hung out with people like Maya Angelou and James Baldwin. And she talks about their experiences, but also hers and what she learned, again, from these superstars. It's so funny, as I open this up, my bookmark, which I also got from the African American History Museum, is of Zora Neale Hurston. 
Um, so that's another one I'm in the middle of. And then uh, the third book that I got while I was at the African American History Museum bookstore was I Am Not Your Negro, which is a major motion picture now. And it's based on writings from James Baldwin. So I have those. And then finally, The Hate You Give, I recommend that you all read. Again, this is relevant to our times today. There's a movie being made about it. And I met the author, I think I said this in a podcast, but at the I went to a book festival here in D.C. I went to the Library of Congress Book Festival at the convention center here in D.C. And I met Angie Thomas and I let her know that I was gifting or donating copies of her book but I wanted a signed copy for myself and so she signed a copy of it for me so those are things that I'm uh, reading currently I've also been online doing a lot of research looking up different amendments and what they mean and I'm looking for different things to do Um, I've shared in the past apps that I'm using and know what's on the docket Uh, in Congress and what bills and things are being voted on locally here in my area, which I live in Northern Virginia and Arlington, Virginia, just a stone's throw from DC, literally one exit away um, from the, from the nation's capital. And so those are some things that I'm doing and I'm using this platform again, my my blog and this podcast is about business and it is about books, but there are just certain topics that I can't let, you know, just pass by without saying anything about it. That's all I have for you all this week. Thanks so much for listening. I would love to know your thoughts. So feel free to email me at Janita Morris at view112.com. That's J-E-A-N-I-T-A-M-O-R-R-I-S at view112.com. Also, there is an update to iOS 11 for those of you who listen to me on Apple Podcasts. And I think that this update has also um, fixed that glitch. I know a lot of people were having trouble either rating the podcast or leaving me a comment. And so um, I know that was a pain to deal with, but I believe that has been resolved. If you have time and you're enjoying the podcast, I would love for you to rate it and to leave me some feedback on Apple Podcasts. Thanks so much for listening. I'll talk to you next time. Bye.